previously on The Deep Dive. I did a workout where I thought I did a few sort of minutes at marathon pace and I could barely hold hold it and I got back to the room. It's like 1am because we were training at midnight and I'm like, I'm really scared about this. This was lit. This was actually a really scary situation. We'll go, we'll go, we'll go a little bit for a few minutes in here. The psychology on race day, which I really want to hear about for two or three minutes. And then we'll go into some of these different – there's a lot of training geeks out there that listen to us as well um, about the methodology, some of the stuff. I love it as well. So race day, take us through the two-hour 14 marathon day, just the way you set yourself up and how you run a race and the way you just say, listen, I'm not going to be – because people stress themselves out on heart rate, like you said about your, your mate from Ireland. Like everyone does that, which is terrible. On pace, if I want, I've got a certain goal pace mm. – I've got to hit a split by halfway, and then I haven't hit that split. What am I doing now? It's, it's over. The day's over. It's bullshit. So they talk themselves out of it, especially on marathon day. Um, take us through the next couple of minutes on that. Yeah. But, um, I'm all about looking at training. A lot of people just look at training and go, physically, This is these are the benefits I'm getting. But there's a lot to training about teaching yourself um, how to mentally – prepare for one of these events and some of the workouts that it get prescribed or that I do myself in a lead up to a marathon are as much about mental training as they are from the physical component so for me like a a hard Sunday long run maybe at for instance 95% of my marathon pace means that I'm going to be uncomfortable for a very long time but I've got to learn what's uncomfortable and sustainable and what's uncomfortable and not sustainable. And so you really develop this intuition into what's, what's acceptable hurt and what's not acceptable hurt. And I think learning your body, like your watch can't tell you that. Your watch can tell you pace, can tell you heart rate, can tell you fucking elevation, it can tell you how many calories you're eating, but it doesn't tell you what's an acceptable level of hurt to get you through the next two and a half hours or however long you've got to go. And the only way you'll know that is by actually turning that shit off and listening to what is happening and testing things in training. So you might run this 30K, 35K long run that's fast and you might play around with that red line where if you go, okay, like I'm feeling like, at the 12K mark, things are a little bit tired, grumpy. I'm just going to take the foot off the like the, the gas slightly and come back down a little bit, regroup, and all of a sudden I feel better. Like the marathon is so long that you're going to go through ups and downs. And it's about recognizing it's not, it's not getting emotionally tied to, the, to either. So if you get an up come through at 12K, that doesn't mean that it's your fucking day and you start hammering it. Or if you go through a low patch at 28K, it doesn't mean your race is over. You've got to be able to be emotionally, I guess, patient and strong enough to realise, yep, this is a shit time. I'm only going three seconds slower a K probably right now. It's not a big deal. It's two Ks all of a sudden. Like you you go through these long runs in training on a Sunday, you practice these things. You go, okay, this is good. 
very well happen in a marathon. I'm not feeling great. How am I going to get myself out of this? What sort of things am I going to go to? What sort of things do I think about to take my mind off the fact that physically I don't feel great? Because chances are you're going to come out of that and you go, hey, you know what? Fuck, I feel better now. Let's go a little bit quicker. Um, It's getting towards the end. Let's just, let's not go heaps quicker, but all of a sudden let's just go a little bit quicker. And, And those Sunday long runs and some of the, I mean, yeah, there's physical benefit to it, but I think most of the learning done on Sundays is in the head. And, and that's why most people fail at the marathon is it's, in, it's a head game. It's, um, and if you can become strong mentally and, and not just strong mentally, but in tune with yourself and, and smart, that's what pays off on the day. All right, there's always nuggets, isn't there? But the moose has given so many nuggets of wisdom already. Just report, re, just bloody replay that last two minutes over and over and over again. Because look, um, principles and physiology, we're going to talk about in a couple of minutes for a few minutes, but that is what matters. What the moose just said then ability to actually hurt and get used to hurting for long periods of time is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Scotty Nicholas did get you started on a bit of a. Look, we know Canova and Brad Hudson and other people, people that, um, like a lot of our marathoners, in that specific phase, that last eight to ten weeks after a real general prep for six to 12 months. Tell us a bit about that specific phase of 95 to 98% race pace, which we love as well, um, and your workouts during the week. So let's just go for an average week of the moose when he's feeling amazing and he might be six weeks from from race day. Yeah. All right. Um so for me, it's two workouts a week rather than the traditional three with a long run. So that's probably the big difference that a lot of people in Australia kind of look at my training and go, oh, you don't do workouts on a Wednesday, you do them on Tuesday or you do them on Thursday, but you don't do them on Sunday. Sunday's when you run easy. And so the big difference for me is like changing the structure around because if you're doing a big marathon workout where it's like a high volume um, workout, say for instance, let's say... I'll start with, I'll start with um, Monday. Monday's a recovery day and true recovery day. So I have two easy paces. I have super easy and I have easy. Um, Monday is two short runs at super easy. And that is cruisy where the purpose of the run is not to build aerobic fitness for me. It doesn't hurt aerobic fitness. It actually probably does build it, but it's not the purpose. The purpose is to recover. So, yeah, I'll run on Mondays to recover from Sunday. By Tuesday, I'm feeling a little better and I might increase stress on my aerobic system by running hills or maybe I'll just pick the pace up a little or maybe I'll do strides at the end. Um, So I'm I'm running a little faster on Tuesday, but it's still an easy run. Then Wednesday, I'll do a a marathon workout. and, And this is where the philosophy changes year to year for me as I sort of grow as an athlete and, and a coach and, um, the Wednesday, it normally works on a fortnightly cycle where on the, on one week I'll do a long marathon, um, pace workout where it might be like three by five K, but it's, it's a float through the middle. So I might run that at marathon pace with a, a float about 30 seconds slower at, per K through the middle. And then the second week that I'll go back and I'll run faster again. So I'll run maybe K reps or I'll do 400 repeats or I'll do a fart look session. Um, I think it's important to keep that in the program at the end, but it just doesn't have to be three times a week. 
So yeah, Thursday, if it's a big marathon session, I'll be doing Monday again, cruisy, recovering, um, getting like, basically it's a recovery, not anything else. Friday, it's Tuesday. <laughs> so we do a little bit more. Saturday, I actually, um, I do a bit more. The group normally runs on a Saturday. So I go down and join them and might do say 18K in the morning and then Saturday night, always second run. Then Sunday is the big day. It's always long. And it's, it's, it's during that last buildup, it's always some degree of, of extra stress because it's a workout day. If you're not doing a workout Saturday um, and you're not doing a workout Tuesday, Sunday's hard. Like you're, you can make that as long as there's recovery after it. So I might, I might alternate, say a 30, I'll progress. So at the start of the buildup, it'll be like 28K at 95% of my marathon pace. And we might get through all the way up to 40K at that. Um, so if, if you work that out for me, like I was trying to run three tens, I think three tens at, um, well maybe quicker three Oh eight, three tens at London this year. So I, I, I think I did three sixteens for 30 K and it's really important in those workouts that it's, you have to feel right too. Like the problem that one of the things that I learned from, um, Scotty, when he, he took me through back in 2014, is when I got to the workouts, he would prescribe them with paces and I would bust my ass to hit those paces. And the fact that I was hitting them told him and me, oh, you can run 220 that day. But it, it didn't because of how I was getting the paces done. I was just, I was balls out, burying myself, like this is the hardest shit I ever done sort of thing. Whereas if you change that and you go Sundays, actually I'm going to run like paces, relevant to a degree but 95 percent of marathon pace you're always guessing what your marathon pace is like no one actually knows for sure so if it feels right then that's what we're going to hit so i was finishing the finish these workouts feeling like you can do a little more like you get fatigued sure but it's not a burying yourself situation the stress is from being out there for 30 plus k that's the stress you need and then um i run i run sunday afternoon like uh, always a jog meet at the pub afterwards and Sunday Arvo's is chill out. Like it's, it's the boys on the beers. That is, that's so good. I love it. And I, I did know most of that and I love the listeners to hear that because it's not always, it doesn't always have like, a lot of good runners in Australia, which is always done that not me personally, but everyone's just like Tuesday, the fart week or the, the reps. Thursday might be or quicker reps and Saturday might be a threshold or hills. And that's just that's just the way it's been since the 50s. I understand that works well, but it's just we've just got to – it can take 5% from someone, 5% from someone, and like you've, you've developed your own uh, philosophy. And I do love – I love a lot of – but a lot of his work has been quite good as an actual um, – a, a program of his programming, that's been quite good. Canova, Brad Hudson – and this is very much Scott Nicholas and very, very soon. He was at Oregon as well, wasn't he? Yeah. So, your, yeah. He, his ex-wife was coached by um, Alberto, I think. And and uh, pretty sure that's right. But uh, Scott used to be friends with Alberto. And I remember um, he would sort of see what they were doing and he would, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he got a lot of his um, ideas from that. He's got this workout called, I think it's called the Big Dog. And it's like, there's a guy called Bob. Campinen, I think his name is. 
he's an American runner and he used to do it. And I don't do that anymore, but that was, (laughs) that was pretty fun. Sunday workout where you do like five, six K threshold into miles into threshold into, it's like, it was like a bunch of tempo and intervals all mixed up. And at the end you shoot out and you've run 36 K and uh, it's, it was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty fun. It's good I, to do that I, stuff. I love the big dog. All right, let's, yeah. let's uh, have now listeners that you are listening to the guys, it's not all year round. He has a very general preparation phase as well. So yeah. he's not just going, he's not going these, because that is three workouts, even though it doesn't on paper. It looks like a long run workout on the Sunday. So you're only doing this when you're in that race phase, like that specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be fit to start that. So if you try, yeah, if you try to pull that that sort of training out without having a real massive base for it, you're going to struggle. You've got to be efficient before you hit that zone. There's no point doing these workouts and struggling. Like you're supposed to nail these, I reckon. Um, And so you come into this phase with the backing of doing a lot of VO2 max work and a lot of threshold work. So you're a really efficient runner. And then all of a sudden you're like, you hit the specific stuff where you like my coaching, I've got, I've just, I've written it down one day, one day I got real philosophical and I'm like, I'm going to write down what I think is important and how to structure everything. And it was like, so the top was enjoyment. Then the second most important thing about training is consistency third volume, fourth variance in workouts. So threshold, everything. Fifth is specificity of workouts. And then six is the one percenters. And that's like stride, strength, nutrition, all the extra stuff. Um, And if you start doing stuff that's too low down and it hurts something above it, then it's not worth doing. So you see it all the time, like, you see it with these cookie cutter programs is that people, Oh, you're going to do, you're a new runner. Yep. Well, we're going to do four by a K and you're, and you're only doing 30 K a week. So you're going to, and they just can't do it. It breaks them down immediately and they start hating it. So all of a sudden you start hating your running, nothing's going to work then. And if you start breaking consistency, then you're not going to get the, like the full benefit and you've got to be patient then you start breaking, like getting injured and missing volume. Well, volume's the key. I mean, what are we training for? Distance running. You can't get away with, like, I don't think you can, and me personally, I don't think you can get away with running low volume when we're trying to run 42K. Like the grounding, the basis for, for nearly every successful distance runner has always been volume. Um, and there's not many that could get it. I think um, a lot of the Westerners, not us, I'm not Deacon Warner, but even the Westerners in the 90s got caught out trying to go into uh, just balls to the wall rubbish yeah. without doing yeah. any volume. But Matt, there was marathoners rocking up to start lines as, as professionals of 100k weeks, and it, it just doesn't happen, especially as um, if you're going to go to the, the pointy end. Well, yeah, the thing with Mono is like, yeah, he did three workouts a week, but he was doing 200k's a week, so he. With with his system or the Wardlaw system or whatever the Australian system they call it the system, Wardlaw. Yeah, yeah um, you can basically you, know, you can basically you can run nearly any distance pretty well off it. So you run a twenty minute fartlek on a Tuesday. You do 
quarters on a Thursday and you do a hill, hilly threshold on a, on a Saturday with a two and a half hour to three hour long run on Sunday, like you can run a marathon really well off that. You can run a 5K off that or a 1500 off that too. And many, and many did. Yeah, and you're racing, they're racing road races every weekend. So they kind of got to do it. Whereas, I mean, I've found I, I'm not good enough to do that. At, I'm not good enough at anything to do that. So I've got to be super specific if I want to get to, to run a good marathon. I need to, everything to be marathon, marathon, marathon. And I do love that. And that's why I, you, you are you come from a different angle. But I still reckon you're going to speak to a lot of people. Even marathoners out there that might want to break 3.30, 3 hours, 2.30, listen to the moose. And even four hours. Like any, It doesn't matter who you are. And I admit, look, our post went ridiculously viral yesterday about the eight-minute th- uh, kilometres. Is that the same as the three-minute K? It hurts just as much. Mm. It's all relative to you. If you're listening and you're a new runner, you can't run one minute and you're building up. This, We're here to help you. And I promise you, the marathon is one of those beautiful things and it doesn't discriminate. So the pain that moose is in running 2.14 well, some would argue it hurts more to run five hours, great man. So for sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those six rules, I love those, and that's exactly right. Enjoyment has to come first, mm-hmm. and consistency. If you're not consistent, you haven't got that continuity, then you're not going to get anywhere in the in the greatest and toughest sport on earth. And then, look, those extras are very important as well. Specificity is important, especially if you're going to run a marathon. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's really, really good. And the variance in training, well, we talk about it all the time, is crucial. And I forget that middle one. What did you say? Oh, uh, no, that was it, mate. Let's go for him again. I forgot him. Enjoyment, consistency, we talk about all the time. Variance in training is crucial. Volume. You miss volume. Volume, of course. We run a marathon. We run a marathon. (laughs) Bloody hell, I miss volume. And, of course, number six was the 1%. The mobility, the nutrition, mental mental well-being, mindfulness, gratitude, all those little things, just being okay and, and within yourself and resting enough and sleeping. Sleep should be probably high, but sleep is everything. Recovery. All those things, but what Moose said about jogging, he's jogging, he's jogging, he's at talking pace with on Mondays, he's at talking pace on Thursdays. Do it. Strava, well, we could go off on a tangent here, but Strava and all these things have, been, have made people can well, run for ego yeah, it's 15, to- 15 yeah. times a week. And anyone that knows about running and principles will know that you're not there to race on bloody Strava. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, you don't leave it on you. No one gives a shit what you're doing Strava. Okay, Strava is a training log, just another training log and a social one at that. So remember that list is if you're a five-hour marathon and you're trying to race every bloody training run, don't. Yeah. All right, have you got anything to add to that before we get on? No, no, I'm, I'm all about that. That's Strava's ruined many a runner. It's caused some injuries. It's probably the number one cause of injury at the moment in the running world. 1,000% and it's going to lead us into our next segue. Rightio, as it said, leaves it into Strava, which is – one of the main segments on the Great Man's podcast. Now, this podcast, listeners, if you haven't already, which I'm sure if you listen to my podcast, you definitely would be listening to his Inside Running podcast. Together with Brady, therefore, one of the great men of running, and Brad Croker, who I don't know personally, but he um, he sounds like a very knowledgeable fellow over in Canberra. Tell us about how this began, and then you, you spend about half an hour each episode on your on your weeks, which is very very humorous, and listening to the moose just. Rip into especially Bradley Croak is very, very good listening. And then we spoke about um and the Lutes earlier. So how did the podcast begin? And where does it just it just goes place? I don't even reckon you do no research at all. You just get on air and just go for it. Yeah, yeah, that's been a problem, actually. <laughs> um but no, the podcast came about. Brady had his own called Tell Me Your Tales, and 
he was he's really good. He's really intricate with his interviews, and he he kind of um, he teased stories out from people. And he he had Brad and I on separately, and then we we all worked out we were doing Berlin. So he's pretty entre- entrepreneurial. I don't think he likes teaching much, so he's trying to get out of he's, he's trying to get out of that, and he's trying to figure out a way to make money without um without actually being a teacher or going to work. So we decided to do this thing called road to Berlin where we talked about our training every week. That's all it was leading into Berlin marathon. Um, and it, it was bloody fun. Like we would get on and we would just, all we would do is go through our week, but it would turn into a, a much more varied conversation. And yeah, it, it, it turns out like those two nerds, they're actually quite funny. Um, and I was pretty skeptical at the start when Brady said, oh, we should do a podcast. I'm like, who the fuck listens to podcasts? No one listens to podcasts. Like that is the nerdiest thing I ever heard in my life. What it, go and run with some mates or something. And um, turns out a lot of people listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so you've just offended the whole audience again. So it only took, only yeah, took, seven, yeah, only right, took 70 minutes. But Even dude, I listen to podcasts now. You listen to podcasts now. Crazy. but Very, very nice reverse. Yeah, so we got it going. We decided to keep with it and uh, we we came up with a few segments. Like we'd go through our training, we'd talk about running news in Australia, then we would do an interview with a um, running guest and <clears throat> obviously there was the moose on the loose bit. And it it actually started to highlight the real lack of coverage Australian running got. And the best bit about the podcast is telling people's stories and bringing to light the real battlers of Australian running. Like the guys who got no fucking, have no, no one's got any appreciation for what they do. They used to slave away. No one knew their names. They'd come third at events or they go to the Olympics and not make it through the heats. So all of a sudden, like Channel 7 doesn't give a fuck about those guys. Do they? they want to interview the swimmers who win in the gold medal. They don't care about a bloke coming 12th in his 5,000-meter heat, but they are like, like that's incredible to a runner. And so all of a sudden we're like, well, we're telling stories. We're exposing these people and the general running population are actually appreciating it. So the, the listener base grew. We, we started connecting somehow, I'm not sure how, but with average, like the average running punter, people who barely like running are listening to our podcast because it's so nerdy. Like there is no doubt it's it's really nerdy. And oh, I reckon you probably you probably skew it a bit on the other side of nerd, to be fair. Well, yeah, hopefully. But most on the loose would definitely bring a bit of a, bit of a different feel. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was that element too. Um, so we told it, well, yeah, we tried to tell it how it is uh, and – and that's people appreciated that at the time. There was nothing really to lose. And um, the listener base grew. People, we got some really great interviews on there. Like there are some crackers. Like there's some, there's some interviews like with Sean Crichton. If you go back and listen to the Sean Crichton interview or the Mona interview, it's like about as good as running interviews get in my mind. Like you can. Apart from this one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this one here is the new Mona interview. <laughs> <laughs> We got this bloke in Norway who listens to the Sean Crichton <laughs> every week. He's listened to it 16 times or something. He's crazy. Yeah, what's his name from Norway? Christian. Christian from Norway. He's almost as famous as anyone else. Now, is he tra- – now, he's training, he was training with Canova and 
and mm. Sondre Moen. Is that right? Yeah, he's mates with him. And then our, 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 our Harry, Harry Summers is a previous guest on Runners. Oh, Harry yeah. Sum, yeah. Harry Summers went over to train with him as well. And I, I just get Harry's bloody Instagram with him and Christian from bloody Norway. <laughs> this place's gone viral because yeah. of you guys, because of you guys. Christian took our template to Norway. He took it to a TV network. He got one of the famous people from TV there who runs and he's got this fucking, he gets paid by a TV, like the government TV network to do his own podcast. It's basically Norway's inside running and he gets paid by the government for it there. Yeah, incredible. (laughs) No, he's ripped you off. He hasn't got a surname. We just know him as Christian from Norway for one. Yeah, yeah. Christian He's got a concept. cool story though. He's a profession. He used to be a like an online professional poker player. Um, he was. There's a really cool story. And I remember he came to Doha because Sandre was in the 10k, and um, and all of a sudden Christian pops up on the side. I'm like running along, and I'm like, oh shit, there's Christian. Uh, <laughs> he's he's a quite a good runner in his own right. Though, isn't yeah, he? yeah, he's a legend. Um, yeah, but inside running, so it's just built and built and built. And this, you know, we expose things. We expose gaps in how running is covered and the promotion it gets in Australia. And, you know, if we go to a, the Australian 10,000-metre champs and it's just absolute shit, then people know about it. And hopefully it's starting to change because of that. Um, it's just not a, like that's one of the things is, is the promotion of the sport by the major bodies. Like it's disappointing. Yeah, I think, I think we can all agree that probably since, yeah, I'm, well, probably pretty much since really, um, maybe yeah, Busters, Busters O five, but since about then, like you, mainstream is just minimal. But you're, you're a Victorian mate, the Herald Sun, and not that everyone probably buys a physical paper anymore, but any yeah. of those major major uh, productions and obviously the big the big three or four channels, it, it's it's minimal, which is non-existent. Yeah, non-existent, and and so at least now we can um, we can tell stories like that. And to be honest, it's Bra- Brady's the driver. He like he loves that shit. Yeah. He loves it. Like yeah, he, I don't know about you. You must you must be good at. Do you do the production? Or do uh, you, the, the actual production is Tommy Senior. Oh, I yeah. just oh. I just get you guys and um and have a chat. Have yeah, a okay. Now no, Tommy Senior does the production, mate. I am no good with the technicality stuff. Is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he loves that shit, and no, so no, he, no. yeah, he he's good. So he drives it. He's continually sort of coming up with ideas and um and. Anyway, that's that's where we're at. We're at. We're like, yeah, we're we're kind of we're now we're more of a big deal. And look, it works for for me. Like, obviously, with the running store to have the podcast as a um, as a sort of <laughs> lever to market off. Oh, yeah, it's been a good investment. Breeze like complains every night, every Monday. Oh, you got the podcast again? I say, yeah, I got the fucking podcast again. <laughs> the podcast that set our business up. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're lazy. I'm not even sure what the listenership is a week, but it, it's absolutely nuts. Like, you, you might am I? I got no idea. Yeah. That's what I, I used to text. It funny you say, Tom. Look, Tommy Senior. He's just he's a he's one of our runners here in Melbourne at Runners HQ. He is a guru, and I don't. I got no idea. I had to fucking text him the other day for the login to the. So <laughs> I, I had no idea. So, and that's very similar to my wife showed everything else, our app and everything. I got no idea about the, the technical stuff, but I did. Hear um, Braids the other day talk about you and say um, that there was a running sheet for you that you just totally disregarded. Like, did you ever look at it? Did you ever look at it? Oh, I look at it when it's like I've got to read some stuff from it. But uh, yeah, I 
look, I'm bit the busiest of those three by a mile. So I'm lucky I'm there 7.30 Monday. I'll log in and I'll have content in front of me and I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, that. And then look through the running news. I'm like, okay, okay, all right. Yep, we're good. We're Whereas, good. yeah. Takes and, about uh, 30 seconds. Oh, look, yeah. Brady is a legend. I do love him. Hey, tell me about this. Um, so we, we spoke polarised training. Polarised mm. training, we spoke about the way you, you go about it. You and Brady Croker. I love the little the little banter wars because everything that Moose just said about his own training, unbelievable, like perfectly executed, a very perfect top setup. Croker just seems does he just do tempo runs nine times a week? <laughs> Croker is a freak of an athlete that he can pull this shit off every day and run that quick. He so the thing about Croker is he loves running fast. So at the top of his list, right, enjoyment that he. He, that's what, how he enjoys running is going quick and quick on easy days. He loves hitting sessions hard and he's run what pretty well off it. Pretty well. And I say pretty well because I reckon he's probably the most talented of us three, but he's now nearly 40 and he hasn't hit that, that, that real race now where he'll walk away. I don't think from his career and go, that is the race. Like I, I did something significant and I think it could be like he could, he out of all three of us, he is the one that we would have been, have the talent to run two twelve. I just, I believe that. And um, I think his love of running quick all the time probably hurt him a little bit and yeah. it still hurts him. And he's, he sort of tells me, he says, Oh, well, that's what I love doing. Like, I don't want to run slow. I don't like it. I'm like, well, fucking good on you. You can run slow. You ain't going to run that. You ain't going to run that fast, though, like in a race, but you love your running. So, look, I've sort of come around to it a little bit. It's just changed my, changed my outlook. But I reckon if you said, oh, you want to run 212 or 217, fuck, 212, of course. Slow your easy runs down 15 seconds a K. Uh, yeah, I can do that for 212. But yeah. It's a bit. It's a different thing convincing the man. Yeah, saying it and doing it. I love the way. Like, I don't reckon an episode goes goes by to our runners' listeners where the moose just doesn't from so many angles get stuck into him because he knows it, and you're only doing it for his own benefit. <laughs> just like he's he's actually got a blockage there that he's unable to listen, but he's got a recovery run. Uh, he's <laughs> doing his recovery run in the high threes, low fours. It's like, is there any danger of just doing a jog? Uh, well, yeah, I don't know. I mean. He's a good runner, good runner. And uh, we look, we're all a bit different. And, and I'm learning that he's a bit different. I like winding him up, though, that's for sure. There was one episode it's where he really, he really got wound up good and um, he sort of fired back at me. <laughs> and I thought, this is, it's taken me 25 episodes to get him to come back at me and he's finally did it. Uh, he's a very, very talented man, I know, yeah. but I love the banter. Sometimes I think... He- he does it just so you got good good material on the Monday. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. He doesn't. Yeah, he I, he's still got a good one in him though. Let's not write him off yet. I reckon he's still got a big one in him. He just got to get those weeks, months together. I'm, I'm feeling that I write him off. I, I can believe it. Yeah, yeah. Agree. He's a super talented man, and and definitely um. But the thing about you boys is you put it out there. You put your weeks out there. Like 150k weeks and, and then some, um, and then some often. But the way you relate it back to the the average punter and the week and the bloke running 40k a week and 
a new runner is really good. So credit to you there. Like you're all three of you are super talents and super, super ambitious, like Australian rep and, and definitely like some 212 boys. I reckon like all three of you are super. So look, I'm not sure Brady's PB, 217, 218. Uh, he, he, look, he's 219, but he's the fittest by a mile at the moment. That man got robbed of Rotterdam like when they, it got yes. cancelled. He was fucking ready to go, that guy. He, he's he got a chip on his shoulder now, or he should have. Like he should – if that man had like all, all of my – like we'll call it – if he had all of that in him, that man's 208 runner yeah. at his next race. He's just too nice a guy. He needs yeah. to get some fire. He needs to get some like – he needs to – I like to line up against people and think, fuck these guys. I'm, I'm better than them. Like there's nothing different about them. I don't – there is. They're better runners than me. But at the, on that line, like I'm like, no, no, it's us now. doesn't matter what you've done. I don't care that you ran a fast 5K six years ago. He, he – He's too, like, fanboy for that. He gets to the start line, looks at him and goes, oh, you're so good. Like, you're a fantastic I remember watching you at this race and, okay, you go and do this up there and I'm just going to stick back where I belong back here. Mm. Like, no, no, fuck that. It's a good philosophy. You've got a bit of a last dance about you, Moose. That, I'm of- watching Jordan going, I'm the Michael Jordan of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. It's very true. I like it, mate. Look, you don't want to brush over that because it is an amazing show. Um, and congratulations on it, mate, Inside Running Podcast, for those who don't know it yet. Uh, Brad Croker and, of course, Brady Thurford does an amazing job. So um, we took the piss a bit, but well done to the three of you. And you, mm. I know all three of you will listen to this again many times. So well done, boys. You've done Max. And I, I believe as well as a as a spectator from out here in the peninsula that all three of you have got much better times in you. Um, the shop is going very well, so congratulations on that. Uh, the running company, Ballarat, yeah, yeah. Give it, no, a, give it a plug now. i got a, nice, a couple of nice pair of nice Zoom, Zoom, what have I got? Nice Zoom 3s <laughs> in there. A nice picture of Collis in, in there, autograph. Thanks, buddy. Very yeah, well. just the extra stuff, you know. We've had to go online with um with the whole COVID-19 situation. If you're listening in the future, that was a thing right now. <laughs> but uh, we have to differentiate ourselves from, like, big box stores. And how are we going to do that? Well, hopefully some sort of personal service, like, um, and, and look, having Colas as a mate, being able to sign autographs is nice. <laughs> so we'll chuck that in there. Great picture. Breaking two for the guys. That, yeah. Um, Watch yeah. it on YouTube, National Geographic. Very, very good. Hey, tell you what, he's been great, the moose. I've got a few quick fires, which will we'll, we'll also sink pretty quickly, but who cares? We're, on our, we're chewing through beers here. The favourite session of the moose. Oh, uh, well, moose fireworks up there. So um, five by three minutes steady. One minute jog, one minute hard, one minute jog. Five yeah. lots of them. What is Moose Fartlet plus one? What's Ali's? What's oh, Ali's yeah. Fartlet? Actually, far. See, that's yeah. Probably this is Ali Bashley for the guys that I know. That's a grey area. So I coach Ali. Ali's a be- much better runner than I am. Like in terms of relativity, she's she's like the fourth fastest Australian ever or something in the 10k. Like that's. Uh, and then, so I needed a bit of help with my training and I went to Ali and she wrote down this workout, basically my workout plus another rep. I thought, you're fucking kidding. Here's one up, Jack. This is nothing. This is a grey zone. No one goes here. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Uh, and Ali, actually, is she writing your programs now, are you? Yeah, she is, yeah. And I'm still sticking to them, surprisingly. 
I had this workout yesterday. She she thought I'd get three days in, quit. I think Bree said that I wouldn't even get to the first day and quit. But um, I'm now nearly three weeks in and she gave me a workout yesterday and I didn't sleep last night because I was so cooked from it. Um, oh, this is... Yeah, it was 10 by 800s. That's a lot. And it was it was quick. It was too quick for me, but uh, it was in front of me, so I got to do it, and I got to trust it. And I just got home. I'm like, I feel really sick. <laughs> and then I woke up at three a.m. I'm like, I'm I'm in a different planet right now. Yeah. Well, she's 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 done you in, isn't she? Um, you spoke about Braids fanboy. Any coaches or athletes that you fanboy champion, past or present, of course. Hmm. Uh, look, I like Craig Engels from. Um, <laughs> US, yeah. He's a character? He's a fucking legend of a bloke. Like, you can just tell that's a bloke you want to hang out with, right? Um, even on his – oh, okay. Let me – an example of how how much I like this bloke, just l- let me read out his um, the caption on his run today, on his um, Instagram. So caption is, yeah, 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 we get it. You've got a whole extra year to get stronger and next year is your year. Well, here's your reminder that I'm still here, ready to destroy your silly dreams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't, can't uh, picture why you love him so much. I do love him, great. He's got a very unique get up and everything. Uh, bad. Character. I love, I love characters like that. People who don't give a fuck, to be honest. They're the well, people. It makes us talk about the sport as well, or the whole, the whole athletics in general. It makes us talk about yeah, um, unique yeah. characters like that. Like yourself, great man. Uh, tell us how the nickname came about. No, I won't tell you that. Yeah, okay. Uh, PG or is it is it for X-rated top? You know? uh, it's no, nah, we won't talk about the name. No, worries. Desert Island. Three things you would take. You can't. The family and friends are given just three items you'd take. Oh With. shit! Uh, fridge full of like infinite infinite beer fridge. I like it. Um, what else do I use a lot? Shit! I just look. Take your next percent or, or, or Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh God, mate. That's a hard question. What do I use a lot? Oh, books. Give me some books. Give me some running books. Favorite, like, favorite running book. Take me. Oh, uh, oof, another one on the spot. I'll just throw one. Oh, running with the buffaloes. I know classic, classic, classic. classic. Um, and the internet. Yeah, very good. Very good. I like that. What's your second favorite running book? Um, I love Once a Runner still. Oh, I know okay, people hate it, but I love it. Who hates it? Oh, mate, heaps good runners hates it. Ah, uh, tell them it's silly. They're, they're yeah, I did. Them. I've often since then. One of the great, one of the absolute cracking books of all time. Once a Runner, if you haven't already read it, make sure. A footy trip, you are a former footballer, and some of our finest moments, great man, we're on the footy trip. Now, tell me. Nickname. No, no, no. Who, which three from distance running Victoria or Australia would you take? Which three blokes would you take on the moose footy trip? God, okay. <laughs> All right. Who am I taking? Shit, let me have a think about that. I need some wildcats. Uh, who's a bit loose? All right. I mean, I don't think he'd be as loose as he was, but, geez, Harry Summers on the piss. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, got to get Harry in there. Um, Very good. <laughs> might be hard to keep up with if he gets going, though. <laughs> Who else? That's um, one. I'll give you that one. Uh, I mean, 
Look, the only blokes at Ballarat you're on from Sunday, I'm sure it's at those places. Yeah, they're a bit weak on the piss, to be honest. What always goes all right, but you've got to be home. You've got kids now. He's a bit boring. Um, look, the running crowd is so shit on the piss. They are, it is just not the same. It's not the same level. I reckon Troopy would have gone all right. Yeah, yeah, Troopy. He would, he would be a... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, so let's just go Troopy, Summers and what are they? Yeah, right. Braids. Braids go up. Oh, no, he gets home pretty early too. Um, Croker's even worse. Croker turns into like just a pest, just like yeah. in your face, talking real fast and like, yeah. Or your you Damien Peveril type love. Yeah, yeah. Just to tag it. Just like get back. Give me some space, Brad. Fuck. Just a Tony Libertore top. Hey, <laughs> tell, me, tell me your favourite marathon, not, not performance-wise, but your favourite marathon you have a race or you want to do in the future. Oh, uh, oh, favorite marathon! Yeah, I love Mel. I love the Gradish and Road because it's where I grew up. Um, Stop there. Okay. Four time winner. Four yeah. time winner. Yeah. So, so, listeners and our crew, especially Melbourne, um, well, we take a hundred every year. This great man has won it four times. So, but no doubt the marathoners and the guys that do the half, the twenty-three, not quite the half, or over, uh, would know this man well. He's won it four times. Do you still have the course record? Or no, no, nah, nah, that's. No, I, look, African. the course record was a funny one because it was, it, was it changed hands. Yeah. yeah. So I used to, so although I won it four times, I also come second once and on, on a real tough day, like for me, I DNF once and I, I, I came fourth one year, but I had to walk for like 5K. So it's not all peaches down there. That place is a hard place to run. Um, that one year that I did it was, I ran 2.46. And I went out way too hard and I walked backwards. Oh, wow, that was a shit day. Um, there's some memories that you have from those. You remember the bad ones so, oh. So much clearer. Yeah, you do. You're like, I can remember the exact spot I walked and thought yeah. about stopping and um, I remember like feeling sick there. And you can, I used to drive that day to work. We used to build houses in Apollo Bay and I would drive that nearly every day that road. And just look at it and go, I know this. I know this road nearly better than everyone. Um, if I ever come back and run here, like I know where the hills are, I know where the false flats are, I know where the good downhills are, I know where the wind changes. Like <laughs> I should be winning this race. There is lots of false flats, but it is also one of those courses that you can get a rhythm as well. Yeah, tell, tell the listeners because there is a lot of Victorian listeners. Four times your fastest ever marathon time or winning time was low two twenties, which is craziness. What did you run the marathon in? I think. Uh, I think the f- the fastest was maybe two twenty five. I know times are relevant on the Great Ocean Road, as everyone says, but geez, that's a good run. So four time winner, will you get back there? Oh, I don't. Yeah, I hope so. I don't know though, because not in the next few years. There's bigger fish to fry. Like you can't do much there in terms of progressing your career. Like you can have a good run, but I need to run fast somewhere. Tell me about the future, Lucy, the next four or five years. Oh, be as ambitious as you want. And just because you are a bit of a public name, don't be modest or humble, but as ambitious as you want, like what do you want to achieve in the next five years? Yeah, I'm also realistic. So 2022 is a big year for marathoning because you've got the, the Com Games and the World Champs back-to-back. So it goes com, world champs, then com games. So realistically, there's six Australian singlets there that are up for the grabs. And that's where I see myself. Like if, if, if 
if you're a marathoner in Australia right now, you need to run two good marathons next year, I reckon, um, to confirm yourself in that, those spots because no one should be able to double. So if you're hitting the time, then there's six spots there. And the um, Com Games are in Birmingham in England. The World Champs are in Eugene. The marathon's going to be in Portland. Um, so next year I've got big plans to run fast. I just need to, to sort of link some shit together and, and – get in the right race and yeah i'm i'm so much more confident now than i was and i'm confident i can um if there's a qualifying time there that that i can that i can get out there and actually get it like this first half of the year although we didn't get a chance to really prove our fitness i was doing workouts that are like so much better than i've ever done before and i know they're there i know they're in me i'm getting older but i also still getting more consistent and um 34 is not that old. Like, it's old, but it's not that old. It's a pup, mate, in marathon. It really is. Like, you look at people like Rowan Walker and others in Australia, yeah. you're a pup. And and I tell, I tell you what, there's a lot of good distance runners overseas as well that are a lot older than you, still doing some very, very, very good things. And the fact you got into the sport so late as well is to your blessing. And the fact you've had five or six years of injuries. And so your continuity, your training age is so minimal. So we always look at the training age as, from a coaching standpoint. Your training age is a baby. Uh, you see, that's what I meant before about your ceiling being so high. Imagine the imagine a marathon. In, we talk about Ballarat being a marathon. Imagine Eugene or even. Mm, yeah, well, unfortunately, it'll be in Portland. But Portland's oh, Portland. still a good one, yeah. You yeah. still get to congregate around there. I don't know how that'll work. Um, regardless, I'm going. Like, we um, when we were there in December, we met – I went there to visit Nike and um, this guy there called Johnny Wild Horse, his name's Wild Horse. He, he's one of the designers of the Nike Wild Horse, the trail shoe. And he, yeah, his name's Johnny Truax and he owns this property there and he's basically like preparing it for a camping ground for the um, world champs. It's going to be epic. Um, so if I'm not running, I'll be there watching. The extra time actually gives us some, the extra year gives us all some time to get our, save our pennies and get over and watch the bike top. Yeah, for sure, yeah. That, that is one of the epic, like, can you think of a better athletic span trip than the world champs like, in Eugene? Yeah, and oh, Hayward boy. Field now, massive. It's like, it's an epic, like, stadium for athletes. Oh, it was always epic, right? But it was epic because it was historical. Now it's epic because it's enormous. Um, it's going to be cool. So all the track meets are obviously at Haywood, Haywood, apart from the marathon and the walks. Is that right? It will be, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, yeah, that's, I'm not sure where the walks are, but the marathon. It was. I'm not. They may have changed their plans on it, but they they were going to put it in Portland. We are going to. Um, you're going to be a, definitely a runners. A runners. For, we're all going to get around you, and we're going to make sure where the moose gets the moose yeah, gets the get there. Got to get there. The moose gets the Eugene. We'll we'll keep him. We'll keep you updated, listeners, with the great man's progress, but. You can keep up better yourself from listening to Inside Running Podcast. And, of course, Ballarat Running Company because it is the greatest shoe shop on earth. And go <laughs> online. So, you know, you can, if you guys are overseas, just, just get online because I just got two pairs of Nikes living in two days. So they're very, very, very swift, the great man. Uh, Moose, I thank you. I thank Bree for lending you again. Like, you normally need Boggers on a Monday. So thanks, Bree, for that. Um, yep. Any last words, great man? Thank you for having me, mate. You're a, um, you're a funny guy. I like you. Oh, well, thank I'm going to listen to more of your podcast. 
Yeah, thanks, mate. Me, me and Moose actually didn't know each other personally until about an hour and a half ago. So I'm, <laughs> thanks for I'm glad I got your approval. Hey, yeah. uh, me, me and Moose are going to have a few more beers off camera, I reckon. So we'll continue on. But listeners, please do something today. It's going to make you much better tomorrow. And thank you again, Julian Moose Spence, for joining us. Thank you.